Welcome to the Conversations Podcast. I am Taylor. We are continuing our summer series called Stories of Jesus, and I am joined by two special guests and friends. First, we're joined by lead pastor Jose Averroa. Jose, good to have you. Good morning, Taylor. Good to be here. Great to have you. And we're joined by communications director Paulina De La Fuente. Paulina, thanks for being on. Good to be here. Well, Jose, I'd love to give you the first word. As always, you were back at the helm after a few weeks off, and we'd love to hear your thoughts as you were preparing for the message and just your thoughts on how the series is going as a whole. Yeah, this series has um, been great because I haven't been preaching, meaning I have been really enjoying what uh, our ministry partner said last week from um, Northern Africa, and then what JD spoke the week before, and I just kept reading. So in Matthew 13, I read the next three parables right after the parable of the sower. I had a couple of others that I was looking at, but I really loved how these three tied together and they emphasized what the kingdom of heaven was like. So we talked last week about uh, looking for fourth soil people, and that's really how we advance the kingdom. And there are things that are true about the kingdom that are completely contrary to how our world works. Mm-hmm. We want things now, we want things fast, and, and we want things to, to be powerful and, and impactful and big. And and yet here in this parable, or these three parables Jesus is talking about, the kingdom is not like that. The kingdom of God is slow, it, it's steady, and it starts small. And so uh, that's why, yeah, I chose those and uh, looking forward to our conversation about them. Stay steady, start small, spread slowly. Let's jump into each of those here. Just in again, Matthew 13, the passage. The first one is talking about how the kingdom of heaven stays steady. Jose, your challenge question to us was to ask, what's distracting me from focusing on Jesus? But first, I'd love to just kind of get both of y'all's thoughts on just how we as believers can uh, just take this this parable, this passage of the, the weeds and the wheat. How does that relate to our worldview and just the way that we see people around us. Yeah, I think it's so important to recognize that Jesus is saying that both the weeds and the wheat grow together and that it's not our place to literally uh, weed out um, the, the the soil, that it's God. At the end of the age, Jesus will come back, the second coming of Christ, and, and he will separate the weeds and the wheat. And what that does, it, it gives me a little bit of comfort as a Christian when I look at all of the evil that is around us. It doesn't take us long to to find evil these days. Um, really, that's always been the case. I think we're just maybe more aware of that now. And so it comforts me that that's not my job. My, my job is to be wheat <laughs> and uh, abide and love my neighbor and love the Lord and recognize how awesome he is. And, you know, there, there's so much into that. I'm, I'm being broad here. Bottom line is, it's not my job to 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 take the weeds out, to pull mm-hmm. out the weeds. Yeah, I think in any of the parables, I feel like one of the themes is that you kind of find you find who God is, you find who you are and where you are in it. And I think it's true in our perspective too of our how we relate to people and how we relate to the world that when I miss that, then not only do I hurt the people around me and my witness to the world, but I also like you can't be good at abiding in Christ if I'm not doing what I need to do to abide in him and be who I, who he's making me to be. So you just, it's so easy when you miss that one part of what the role is that God has given me and us as believers, then you just miss all of it, unfortunately. So it just helps 
figure out our place. Yeah, I don't know if this happens to you guys, but when I start getting uh, or paying too much attention on, on other people, I, you know, it's what Sean talked about a couple weeks ago. You, you are looking at the plank mm. in somebody else's or the speck in somebody else's eye and you're missing the plank in your eye. And this really goes into that same vein. It's not our job to, to judge or to label people. Um, it, it's our job to, to be here on mission. The next two really tell us how, how to do that. You got to start small and, and it's, it's a slow spread. It's not fast. Yeah. Before we jump into those two, though, one last question here about just the challenge question, Jose, you had for us about what's distracting me from focusing on Jesus. What would be maybe sort of some practical uh, ways that you, the two of you would kind of evaluate that just personally as far as just figuring out distractions? I know that's something we've talked about uh, in the past before, but just I think that can apply to a lot of areas, but particularly based on this parable. I'll share, I'll share one quick one that we talked about this morning in my community group, and that is uh, check your screen time. If you have an iPhone, you have the screen time function. And so that tells you how much time you're spending on your phone. Mm. And uh, I, I don't think... Um, we definitely don't talk about it as much as we should, given how much time we spend on them. Chances are that you're listening to this podcast through a smartphone um, or online, whatever. But how much screen time are you actually um, using? And then go a little deeper into that. Are, are you doing Bible study in it three hours a day? Or you know, is it really five minutes or less on the Word and then two and a half hours plus on, on something else? Mm. So you can get really practical in looking at what's distracting mm. us. I think just knowing that our my natural mode is distraction and not steadiness helps because you have to be intentional to be steady, not to get distracted, you know, like instead of thinking, oh, well, I'm just going to be steady today and letting the distractions come in, knowing that my without paying attention, my natural mode of operation every day is going to be distraction unless I figure out some ways to be intentional in order to be steady, yeah. you know, I think just that switch helps me because I like, I would like to think that st being steady can be cruise control. And then before you realize it, all those small things get you down a bigger road that, you know, you just don't think. And so that you could get there. And so just thinking how important it is to try and be intentional on whatever it is that works for each of us. Mm -hmm. Great segue. What would you What would you add to second that? Second point. Oh no, I think uh, yeah, I, I'd agree with that. Screen time uh, priorities. I think uh, just you've mentioned it before. Calendar, checkbook. Like there's a lot of just practical, practical. So yeah, yeah, yeah. But just kind of uh, just running through and, and looking and taking an inventory of that. I think is helpful for me. It just comes down to taking the time to actually do that because to your point, Pauline, it's like I'm not just going to wake up naturally and just think about oh, I think I'm spending too much time on this, and so it really is is that uh, dis discipline of stepping back and saying, okay, you know, reevaluating it. Which is a great transition. I really didn't try. <laughs> to, starting, to starting small. Yeah, creating small habits. Yeah. Jose, I love what you said in this part uh, on Sunday because you mentioned that if you were Jesus or if you were God, you would compare the kingdom to the biggest thing, the yeah. most powerful thing you could, and yet Jesus really did pick the smallest thing and the mustard seed for that. What is so significant to just that comparison to begin with? And then as we jump into this question about what is the next step of obedience and faith? I like how he ended up talking about this massive tree that comes out of the seed. So he's not just saying that it's it, that it stays small. If you stay steady on starting small, it will actually produce 
big things. Mm -hmm. And that, I, I don't think there's any better, you know, comparison in our life as followers of Jesus than in our personal habits. I mean, you you spend five minutes a day reading the Bible. That'll grow if you start with five minutes because you'll actually develop a hunger for more. Uh, you spend time praying for people every day and 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 you know you you commit to being together with God's people on Sunday and in a community group every week and you'll start seeing things you'll start seeing, seeing your life change and transform. And so it doesn't stay small, but it does start small. And I love that. I love mm. that, that that's something, you know, true in our faith and really in any habit, if you think about it, working out. If you do small things over a long period of time, that will develop muscle and, and make you stronger. Mm. Diet works the same way on, on health. So we have those things. They're true in other parts of our life, but I, I think that sometimes we miss that on the, on the spiritual side. And uh, we really underestimate the power of small mm. starts. Yeah, I think you really have to trust with the starting small because like I love time lapses because you just get to see all of the progress so fast and sped up however many times from the actual progress, especially the time lapses of plants growing. So mm. interesting. And you just watch them grow so fast. But I look at my plants every day and don't see them growing, you know, until I notice big growth, you know. And I think in our faith, it's the same way that every day it's really easy and sometimes non-consequential immediately to not take the small step. But it does make a big difference if we do those things that God's created us for, you know, that help us grow, that give us a hunger. And it really does get us somewhere little by little. And it's more of a trust thing that yeah. if God, you know, created us for it and for us to be able to benefit from and learn from him and his word through it and not just, you know, just trust him that it's going to get us somewhere, even if we don't see it every day. Yeah, that's really good. How do we navigate this similar concept, but in this in the role in the realm of community? Because it's something that uh, Jose, you just mentioned as far as community group that both of y'all mentioned before. But I feel like with community, this can be particularly hard because you see someone else that it seems like they just made a big step, or maybe they're you know you're seeing. We talked about social media before as a highlight reel compared to the reality of life. So how does the role of community help when it comes to starting and staying uh, small and even staying steady in this process? Yeah, it's those water breaks. That that we all need. It's those encourage, encouraging words and times where we can really say, yeah, me too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> this, this isn't easy. Um, I, I also struggle with this discipline or that discipline. And so you, you have that common struggle or, or you're on a common mission. And so it's, it's just easier to do that to do that with one mm -hmm. another. I've benefited from community in so many different seasons of my, my, my walk with Jesus. Mm -hmm. Yeah. On the, it can be easy too to compare and want to make, do a step that someone else is doing that's working for them it's and true. try to make it work for yourself. And I think for me, most of the time when I'm trying to force maybe something I see in someone else's life and take the same steps, it just doesn't work because I'm not them. And so figuring out that like in a community group setting, it's exciting because I can hear different people talk about what they do and I can maybe grab and be encouraged by some of what they do, but not have to do all of it or everything 
anything that one person does, but just figure out in my time with God, what works for me. And even for that season, you know, and how to just keep knowing that that changes and not to unhealthily try to copy someone. That brings up a great point, Paulina, and that is faith. Mm-hmm. Where, where, where does faith come into mm-hmm. what we do? So if we're talking about starting small, yeah. the three of us can brainstorm 30 different things that we can do to grow our faith right mm-hmm. now. But what is the one thing that God's asking you mm-hmm. to start? That's the one that you should focus in on. And it is easier to ask somebody in your community group, a, a loved one or someone, a couple, do that. Mm-hmm. But don't neglect going to God and asking him, Lord, what what's the next step that I need to take in my faith? How, how can I obey you in this season? Mm-hmm. Because that's what he's going to bless and mm-hmm. wants to grow and develop in us, which, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. Mm-hmm. it's not easy. And I love just the, the encouragement to start now because I think about yes. something that I, I may be the only one struggling with this, but just the idea that waiting until like uh, rationalizing with God or trying to, you know, kind of say, okay, God, once, once this happens, then I'll start, you know, reading consistently or once this happens, then that. And so I think just that idea of just starting small and then even into this third point here about spreading slowly as far as mm-hmm. just that it's on God's timing and not our own because I'm very impatient <laughs> and want things immediately. So Practically, what does it look like for y'all to, or someone to invite God into the waiting process? And even love to hear just personally, maybe examples of how you've seen God do that in your own waiting. Man, so many, so many mm-hmm. examples. One one thing that just came to mind as you were saying that, Taylor, is that um, it is asking God to wait with you. What happens a lot is that God then changes what you want. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's that growth processes. Lord, I, I thought, you know, I can think of, um, let's see, here's one example. I applied to grad school and I was at UT and I thought, Lord, man, I, I'm praying for this. Th- I'm going to use this for your kingdom. And I'm going to, you know, use this major program or, or master's degree to, to advance your kingdom in this way. And then he closed that door. And it was funny because Taylor and I, took it completely different. I was devastated because I didn't get in. And she was super relieved (laughs) because we had prayed, God, make it obvious. If it's a no, it's a no. If it's a yes, then make it obvious. And he made it obvious. He closed that door. And then I had to deal with some of my personal growth and dealing with rejection and not letting that affect who I am uh, or what I do really identify who, who, who I am. No, I'm defined by what God did for me through Jesus. And that's my core identity. So all of that stuff was wrapped up in, you know, this one thing. I wanted to pray, you know, for this. And in doing so, God said, hey, I actually want you to grow. Uh, fast forward, I did start grad school. It was just seminary, something that I never thought that that I would mm-hmm. end up doing. But ultimately, it's what's helping me advance God's kingdom here, mm-hmm. here on earth. Yeah, I think that God's more present in the waiting parts of life than maybe in anything else. It just feels like that's the those are the parts where we really see him and where he's where it's on purpose, you know, where there's just something that we're having to slow down and having to reevaluate, pause, seek him. And I think if, I mean, I don't like it, but I think if he, if we didn't have it, I don't know that 
I, I mean, I think for me personally, I don't know that my life would be the same. I know my life would not be the same had God not made me wait for so many things, you know, and still I think something your message has been making me think since Sunday is that it's just these things, these qualities of the kingdom are not our anti, you know, what I want and what the world wants, but they're, if I wait on God, they're the right yeah. way, yeah. you know, yeah. and they're his way. And they're actually more peaceful and filling than the other ways. And they just bring a closeness with God that we wouldn't have without mm-hmm. the having to wait. You know, I just think those are the, even in the Bible, when I think about Bible characters that had to wait on God, th- those were the moments from the outside that it seems like that person and God had closeness was in the waiting. And so how cool that God uses that and uses it for things that we don't really even know that we're waiting for, I think, too. Yeah. Keyword I heard you say, Paulina, was just seek. And I think about, uh, Jose, the passage you brought up, Matthew six thirty three, which just says, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. So to that point, mm-hmm. Paulina, it's like, at first you may read that verse and go, oh, sweet, it's like a genie in a bottle. I can get whatever I want. But really it's as we seek that he aligns our priorities with his and our desires with mm-hmm. his. And so that's how that, that comes together. I think about growing up in the church, I've heard this verse, I know this verse, seek the kingdom of God. We've been talking about these different attributes of the kingdom of God. Uh, what would y'all just say are some of the things that get in the way of that? Because again, it can be such a simple idea that we just need to seek after God. We need to seek his kingdom, but yeah, it's hard. E- expectations. I mm-hmm. think they're, they're tied to these three things from, from this one portion of scripture where Jesus bundles these three parables into one section. So beware of anything that is urgent. You know, if, if you're thinking this, I got to have this now, even if it's healing, something that we think, Lord, I, I need this. My, my, my body's not well. Well, just allow God to, to bless you in that moment with his Holy Spirit. He's able to do that right then and there, despite on what the results may be. And, and he is slow and he is uh, um, thorough, right? I mean, the, the yeast thoroughly permeates through the dough mm. and brings about food that can feed over 60 people. The mustard seed thoroughly grows up into this flourishing tree and the, weed, uh, the weeds do not make it, but the wheats, the wheats, <laughs> the wheat makes it into the barn mm. and, and ultimately into this new heaven and new earth that, that Jesus will uh, bring about when, when he comes back. And so all of those promises will come to pass. And so remembering how the kingdom works helps me think, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm being hasty here. I want a, I, I want instant results to maybe a one habit, you know, one time habits like working out once and then expecting to be swole. It doesn't work that way. <laughs> you got to continually work out and then maybe, you know, you'll, you'll achieve those results. And it's the same way with our faith. We, we need to be slow and steady and allow God's um, way to, to be. Thanks for listening to the Conversations podcast. Be a part of the conversation by sending questions about the Sunday message directly from ccc.guide or by emailing conversations at cypresscreekchurch.com. See you back for the next conversation.